Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavel, and today is May 13th, 2022. It is Friday the 13th. What a special day. And I have a very special guest. And all of you listeners out there, everybody has an, has challenges in transportation. So you know what McKinney Flavel did? We, we found an expert in the industry, as well as we're going to have a series on this stuff transportation and the challenges around it. So I would like to welcome a very, very special guest in the industry, especially in our industry. And that's John Dillman, the executive vice president and chief marketing officer of Foodliner. Hello, John. How are you? Happy Friday. I'm good, Michael. And uh, how are you? Good to join you. And it did just strike me that on a Friday the 13th would be the day that you bring on the trucker. (laughs) You know, uh, that, that it's, it's fitting, right? Because what a challenge you guys have. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all about how you view things, right? It's, uh, the challenge and how you work through it in a positive way. Right. And any, if anybody has worked through challenges, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the transportation industry. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, I thought today, John, uh, well, before we get started, you know, a lot of our listeners out there are golf fans, and so are you. And I thought it'd be cool for you to tell us maybe your favorite experience in, in golf. I, I think you've gone to a few of the tournaments. Well, yeah. So the favorite experience in golf, that would be an easy one. Um, be 2019 Masters on uh, Friday morning. I uh, was there with some, some customers, and we... Uh, Decided to get up to the first green about six or seven groups of uh, ahead of uh, Eldrick Tiger Woods. Oh. And uh, as we were working our way to the rope, uh, I felt this uh, elbow in my side. And this woman plopped down her chair right at the rope and sat down. Yeah. And it would have yeah. been Tiger's mother. Oh, my God. So for the next 90 minutes or so, we got to visit with Tiger's mother and then uh, watch her watch him play the first hole. How awesome is that? Found it pretty unique in that uh, in the whole world that is Tiger Woods, it just came down to mom watching her son play a golf hole. And that's what it's about, right? Yeah, it was a pretty it was a pretty cool experience though. Whereas, you know, the listeners know I freak out when I see famous people. But when it's mom, it's a different she's viewing it in a different way. She's just proud of her son. Exactly. That is really cool. Just just watching her boy yelling at the ball to stop by the hole. <laughs> I told you, son. Exactly. She did say that. Oh, that's funny. She said, I told him, you need more birdies and no more bogeys. <laughs> In the mother's eye. That's really cool. Yeah, it's a special bond for sure. Well, cool. I uh, I think that is a very cool story. And I would love to go to the Masters someday. So it's incredible. Uh, I think, I'm, you know, I'm not a huge golf fan, but I think it's a, a really fun uh, bucket list thing that you could you should do. Amazing experience. Cool. Well, you know, Foodliner, for those who don't know who Foodliner is, uh, they're one of the largest bulk food uh, grade carriers in the country. And uh, a lot of our listeners probably do business with Foodliner and uh, appreciate the awesome service you guys have. And I love your tagline, going the distance. 
And uh, that's a really cool tagline. So uh, maybe you want to just uh, real quick covered a lot of what you do, but maybe you want to talk a little bit about Foodliner real quick. And then I thought we'd go into some of the challenges in the transportation industry, um, specifically uh, in the bulk side, because there is sure. a big difference between bulk and, and uh, other types of transportation. Um, but yeah, I thought we'd just start it there. Absolutely. So sure. So uh, Foodliner is a privately held uh, carrier uh, we are a part of the McCoy Group, based in Dubuque, Iowa. Uh, the business started back in the late 50s by uh, Bob McCoy Sr. And uh, within the group, the transportation fields, we have uh, three carriers, Foodliner, WW Transport, and Questliner. And then on the other side of the business, uh, they are the largest Freightliner dealer in the country. We also have a, a uh, a good uh, array of uh, John Deere dealerships in the construction and forestry division. Oh, cool. And uh, just bought a trader manufacturer. So the group today is something north of two and a half billion. Wow. The Foodliner is the largest food grade carrier in the country. And we all we operate all 48. And we also have a Foodliner of Mexico. So in multiple locations down there. So a few things going on. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's, that's, it sounds like a, a lot of different facets of the transportation business. Yes, sir. So one joke, I have to give you a, a transportation joke because, okay. <laughs> so what has six wheels and flies? <laughs> Go ahead. A garbage truck. Okay. That's sorry. That's bad. Classic. Yeah. So not talking about garbage trucks, but uh, what type of challenges have you seen in your industry uh, the last couple of years and um, how has the industry really tried to maneuver around it? Well, certainly um, I would think anyone who ships anything ever yep. has heard about something called the driver shortage. Yes. I believe we've been preaching it for about 10 years. It was coming and uh, suddenly it was here and Folks were surprised that it showed up, yeah. but certainly driver shortage is, is key. Um, I think that we're experiencing labor shortage across probably all industries and all categories. We certainly have challenges finding mechanics, tank wash technicians, mm-hmm. administrative people as well, but uh, certainly the drivers are uh, driving the issues. And then um, once we got into the COVID era, and things began to mm-hmm. get a little more difficult to operate. Why uh, we're all living now with issues on being able to get parts for trucks or being able to get steel or oh, yeah. stainless to build trailers. So um, those challenges continue to be able to grow and to be able to sustain what we're doing. And I would have to imagine also uh, just the whole supply chain. So picking up from ports, uh, picking up from uh, warehouses, et cetera. Those have to, th- their challenges become your challenges, I would assume. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have any, um, this may be a loaded question, but do you have any opinion on why uh, there is such a, a shortage in these drivers uh, out there? The driving industry, the driver industry is primarily an aging industry. Uh, our, our, our average driver's age continues to go up. Mm-hmm. We're probably somewhere in the 58 to 59 year old today. Yep. That's young, John. Very young. It's very young. But uh, it's amazing how much younger that gets every day. For me, that's... And it's just difficult for us to get the 20 to 40-year-old interested in a truck. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the, the whole process of someone deciding that they're not going to school and what 
what they're going to pursue and we really can't touch them until they're 21 and then we we need them to become a driver and go get some experience somewhere else and by the way don't get arrested or hit anyone or drink yep and yep. then uh and then when you're 23 we'd like to talk to you <laughs> yeah the model is is challenging so it's it's yeah, that that's been very difficult and so it has driven up cost of drivers and driver sure. wages have been uh on a rocket the last uh especially the last three years and this past 18 months, especially. Yeah. When I, and I would imagine that, um, you probably have a ton of incentive programs for, for, for drivers to try to not lure, but, uh, excite them about, uh, becoming a driver and, and, and the opportunity there. We do, uh, most carriers in the industry as well. Uh, yeah. you look at re- re- referral bonuses, our best, our best, uh, drivers come when one of our own family, uh, refers them to us. Uh, it gives you a little better sense of who you're getting at the same time that driver takes ownership of bringing them into the into the fleet as well. We also have a, a sign-on bonus for drivers. Sure. And then once they are, are on board, we have uh, incentives that are paid out quarterly based on different criteria. And then we also pay a seniority bonus at the end of the year, mm. uh, much like uh, an NFL roster bonus. As long as you're Ooh. on the roster, we'll cut you a check about two weeks before Christmas. Oh, that's cool. Based on how long you've been with us. That's really cool. So talking about some of the other challenges, what what have you guys done? I, I know there's been challenges, not only just getting the drivers there, but working with uh, different food manufacturers. What types of things have you guys been able to do to kind of work through this together and collaboratively? Yeah, it, it certainly has brought the triangle, as I call it, between the shipper carrier and, and end customer together. And sometimes it's uh, in some cases it's inverted that triangle, if you will. But sure. we have we have worked together with with shippers and and, and customers to go to a drop and hook program okay. where they unload the loads and it gives us a much freer clock as to when we have drivers hours available to take that load in and drop and hook. Sure. Uh, we have seen a very big move uh, for shippers to want to go to a dedicated type of fleet. Uh, okay. Asking, how do I make sure I have capacity every day? Well, you we determine how many trucks you're going to need, and we set up some sort of a program where they're there for you every day, and if you don't use them, they'll be there for you tomorrow. Got it. Type of scenario. So we've seen a lot of that going on. We've also seen shippers that were looking at selling a new piece of business and they would want us to commit to uh, not only the pricing, but also the, the date that we could start it or have the capacity. And they literally are booking the contract based on that criteria, Yeah, which is a complete change or shift that is of a big uh, change. approach. So, um, yeah, so those are some of the things. So I think it's about collaboration too. And, and, and I think the other thing we've mentioned along the way is this uh, need for flexibility uh, on delivery times, as well as keeping inventory at those food plants as well, maybe more or getting more into the load or doing things like that to try to help with the situation. Yeah, that's correct. Historically, people wanted their loads in the mornings or before two in the afternoon. Yeah. It leaves a, lo- a big piece of the clock opened up. So certainly trying to find ways to, uh, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we can, in- we can impact payload, top load, and time of day. How much you haul, how many loads we can get on a tank wash cost, how far we can spread that, and uh, when we can make those deliveries. So as complex as it is, it's actually pretty simple. Just a matter of how can we manipulate and find ways to uh, 
work together and gain advantages and efficiencies uh, in those areas. Cool. All right. I'm going to ask you another one. Uh, and it has to do with uh, regulations by state, you know, living in California, we, we make everything difficult for, for people. Yes, you do. Do you have any opinion on uh, some of the state regulations of crossing between states and how that's impacted your industry? The biggest impact uh, that we see is uh, the different states as to what they would allow from a gross vehicle weight. And that uh, okay. Pacific Northwest is a good example as we're hauling uh, a lot of sugar in those areas where we're able to put equipment in, specialized equipment with quad axles on the trackers and trailers and, and can can haul uh, up to 70 or 73,000 pounds of payload. But wow. some of the states we can't cross into that, that would that were bordering. So as we travel from from uh, Idaho to through Oregon into Washington yeah. state, we have to be careful which states we can go into. And it also uh, limits the states that we can we can haul back to. So yeah, we also in like interim Michigan, we can haul up. We have a an operation we can haul one hundred and three thousand pounds of payload, but has to all be in the state of Michigan. Wow. So there are opportunities that way in different states, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of involvement with carriers and shippers across the country within some of those state organizations trying to trying to move that needle. Got it. I'm not going to ask you where you think fuel prices are going to go because that's uh, uh, that nobody really knows, right? But what ha- obviously the the increase in energy costs has 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 impacted everybody along the way. What types of things are you seeing there from a uh, fuel standpoint that uh, you'd want to communicate out to the listeners here? Yeah, yeah. If we if we only knew the price, it was, <laughs> yeah. the one thing that we do know for sure is that it's going to change every week. There you go. Yeah, you know, my son last night told me something that he heard, and he uh, kept repeating it like every nine year old would. And he said, "You know, Dad, the only certain thing in life is uncertainty." <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, you're right. You're right. Um, th- you know, from a costing standpoint, and uh, in our industry, everything is sold on some fuel peg or some fuel agreement between shippers and carriers and and between shippers and customers and how those things are, are layered together. The biggest concern right now is uh, what we're hearing that that's coming as a diesel fuel shortage. And they're targeting, there's quite a few states in the southeast right now that uh, have I been identified as, as some of the areas of greatest concern of actually going to have enough diesel. So uh, that news was fairly fresh this week uh, from what we were seeing and reading. And um, I'm not exactly sure where that's all gonna, going to uh, land, but uh, certainly gets your attention. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, did you have anything else uh, you'd like to communicate uh, right now to our listeners uh, about what's going on in your industry, or should we let them go watch the Warriors win tonight? Let's uh, let's let them go watch the Warriors. If anyone knows exactly what that spread might be tonight, they could go ahead and hit us back. Oh my gosh! You know they lost the other night by. Oh my god! They were down by fifty. That was that was uh, not good. good. Yeah, it was not good. We were doing Memphis a favor. I'll just put it that way. Trying to sell some more advertising for the next game. There you go. Perfect. Well, John, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast today. Uh, Again, listeners, we will be having a series with this. So if you have uh, any comments or questions or anything for our next time we have John on, that would be great. Thank you again, John, for being on. 
Uh, as I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute moment with your friends and family. Don't you dare take it for granted. And until our next podcast, take care, everybody. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence Platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favel.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.